As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Wendy. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for inclusive and accessible wellness. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are talking fitness with our girl, Lauren, Lauren Lavelle. She is a weight-neutral certified personal trainer, group fitness instructor, and content creator based in Philly. And she has built her brand around inclusive fitness that's enjoyable and challenging, which is pretty much non-existent. I'm not going to say non-existent, but it's super hard to find in the fitness world. Yeah. And so we were automatically drawn to her. We were like, we have to bring her on the podcast to talk about all the great work that she's doing. Yeah, I thought the conversation was very helpful, especially somebody who likes to work out and wants to think about goals outside of shrinking your body. And she gave very concrete things that you can focus on, whether or not you're working out just at home or with the trainer or in a gym. It was super helpful. She also talked about her areas of expertise, which are bar and hit and how to make those accessible and (laughs) non-triggering, which is a huge thing. And safe too. And safe. Yeah. And then helpful ways to deal with gym intimidation, right? Like where you go to the gym and there's all these messages about, you know, having to lose weight or especially, you know, people of color or in marginalized bodies, like it can feel very unsafe and just some things that she does that can help you feel better when going to a gym. So this was a really great conversation. You guys definitely want to check it out and especially stay till the end because you'll learn about her amazing online fitness community, which I want to join. And it's very accessible pricing. So definitely check that out. But before we jump in, I think it's time to read a listener review. Yes. And this is from Hannah F. And they say, Food Heaven is one of the few podcasts I listen to the same day it comes out. As someone who struggles with self-worth and body image, the hosts are such calming and warm people. And I love their perspective on food and cooking. So realistic and inclusive. I really love their takes on intuitive eating and health at every size. We need more food and health professionals who think and work like Wendy and Jess. Oh, thank you, Hannah. So sweet. sweet. (laughs) My God, love you guys. (sighs) Thank you so much. If you haven't already, hop on over to iTunes, drop some stars, leave some kind words. And yeah, we're going to get into it. So Lauren, I found out through the interwebs that you have a love for rescuing cats. And I'm like, okay, I'm obsessed with her because 
it's so bad. It's it's real okay. Bad. Tell me about it because so I used to not mess with animals like period cats, dogs, and then last year because I'm renovating a place in the Dominican Republic where my family lives, and I was like in the middle of just like construction stuff, and this beautiful little angel just like walked into the apartment <laughs> from the back patio. And again, I'm not a cat person, but I just felt like I had a soul connection with this little kitty. And now she's like the love of my life. And then I ended up taking in her sister too. And now I'm like a cat person. I'm that cat person where in the street, I'm like, do you need a home? So (laughs) tell me about how it all happened for you. Okay. So first of all, I would like to start with, I have pictures of me butt naked outside in Southern California as a child, not as an adult, <laughs> chasing after cats. Um, so I've been a cat lady. I've been a cat lady since forever. Like there's several pictures of me just doing, like my mom just did mini photo shoots with me and random cats. And so I've been a cat lady for a while. And then when I moved to Philly, I had no friends. I moved to be with some dude that I met on the internet. Oh, wow. It's worked out for 10 years. <laughs> That's great. Exciting. <laughs> uh, yes. And so I was like, I need to get a cat. And he's like, I'm severely allergic to cats. I was like, well, that sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> um, and so we got this cat. She's in the other room. I'm surprised she hasn't like burst through the door yet, but her name is Doodoo. And he fell in love with her. And he told me like, oh yeah, this is the only cat we could ever have, like all this stuff. And I was like, that just doesn't sound like it's in my, um, like my vortex of things for my life. You know, that doesn't sound like it's in my destiny to have one cat. Uh, (laughs) That sounds pretty rude. So (laughs) we moved to this house in last August and there was automatically a cat on our porch that I call the porch cat. And then since then, there's been like three or four that have come through that we've either like just kept around and given a little food, given a little affection. Some we've placed, some we've gotten fixed. Like it's all, yeah. Our porch cat is currently in my basement right now. (laughs) Love to hear it. She stays in when... (laughs) when no one else is around. (laughs) So do you like put the food for the porch cat? Do you put food out for them or how does that work? Yeah. So I'm not feeding a whole colony here, which (laughs) listen, I'm not above it, but like, it's just not my calling yet. Um, (laughs) But I just give her like food when I would see her. So like, it wouldn't be all the time. She has other places that she gets food that we are aware of because cats are really smart like that. They know how to play you. She's brought a lot of value to our house because she is, we live in a city. So we've seen her catch bugs. We've seen her catch mice. So I'm like, yes, let's keep, let's keep this little one around and (laughs) entertained. And um, yeah, she's just really sweet. She definitely doesn't like everybody. So we like that she likes us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel like that's, that's the MO for the kitties. Oh yes. (laughs) My cat's pretty equal opportunity. She's just here for the affection. Oh, well, kind of switching gears a little bit too. <laughs> Are we though? Right. We? I could keep going. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so could I. To personal training. Mm-hmm. So the one thing that really was intriguing, well, many things, but this is one of the things that was intriguing about you and your work is that you're a personal trainer who doesn't focus on weight loss or body goals. 
Yeah. Which is like almost impossible to find. It feels counterintuitive. Yeah, right. right. I've tried to find for myself, tried to find for my clients because sometimes trainers can be the most triggering. So how did you get into this? And like, why did you decide it was important for you to decenter weight loss? First of all, I wake up every day fairly excited about my job. Mm -hmm. I really love what I do. Um, I say fairly excited because, you know, we all wake up and sometimes want to have a full day, week, month off. But I just love the people that I work with and I love what I do. I suffered from an eating disorder for years. And through that, I also worked out, but I don't want to mix in my movement with that disordered eating because as it was a part of it then, it was also part of my healing as well. So I don't want to completely take the value of that movement out of that. But I realized that so many of us are working out strictly and solely for the purpose of controlling our bodies and controlling what we look like or as a means of offsetting what we eat, which I'm sure that you've heard many times. And I just thought that that was taking so much of the joy and value out of movement and the joy that I get from movement that I didn't want that for other people. So I started pursuing becoming someone who teaches movement and who engages in movement without the ties to weight loss and changing of aesthetics, really. Mm. What does that look like in practice? Because I'm sure like for some of the clients that you've worked with, it comes up where, where they're like maybe in subtle ways where they're like, oh, well, you know, like I want to focus on my abs today or like, you know, I want a flatter stomach or whatever. So how like what's some of the messaging that you use or some of the things that, yeah, that you do, like whether it's movement or whatever, where you incorporate this stuff? It definitely, I think it comes up for most of us yeah. just because it's always being fed to us through the media and through social media. Just like we're seeing it all the time. It's kind of hard to resist that temptation sometime, especially when th other things feel out of control. But as far as like my teaching and my cueing, I really focus on how we're feeling while we're doing the movements and like the whole integration. You can tell me that you want to work on abs, but I'm going to tell you why having a strong core is important. I'm not going to tell you what it looks like because a strong core looks different on every single person. And I think that really working it back into the, the movement and the movement patterns and the goals that are outside of the aesthetics, I ask them to set goals that are outside of that because to train without goals is really difficult. But if we start with an assessment and you can do this many squats and like in a minute, then that's a good goal that we can build on. Mm. Or if you can get a little lower in your squat, or if you started training with me and you couldn't do a lunge, or you could only curl X, Y, and Z, there's things that we can work up to that have nothing to do with aesthetics that allow for people to set those goals and hit them. And I think goal setting is important for all of us, regardless of where it is. I just try to move those goals over into a different space that doesn't include weight and how your body looks. It's officially fall and you know what that means. I was going to say pumpkin spice season, but no, we are excited to start planning all of our delicious holiday recipes. And during the fall, my coveted nightcap switches from seltzer water to something like a warm hot cocoa. And for all of my warm drinks, my desserts and my creamy soups, I have been heavily leaning on Planet Oat because it has such a rich and creamy 
flavor. It's also great for entertaining because whether or not your guest has a peanut allergy or lactose intolerance, like it works for all different dietary preferences. And it has all of your needs covered with their four oat milk flavors. So there's original, there's extra creamy, which is my favorite, vanilla, also my favorite, and dark chocolate. And they also have two unsweetened options. So the unsweetened original and the unsweetened vanilla, my third favorite. They also have a delicious line of non-dairy frozen desserts and coffee creamers, which are perfect for warm fall drinks. Planet Oat is available on planetoat.com, amazon.com, and at all major retailers, including Publix, Whole Foods, CVS, Acme Markets, Food Lion, and more. So make sure to check them out. Now onto the episode. That's so helpful. I hadn't thought about it like that in terms of still setting goals. Cause like I think about goals as how I feel that day or in the moment or how I want to feel. Like maybe I want to have more energy and I don't want like my back to hurt. Yeah. Those are valid long-term goals too. Like, you know, when you're training for a while, you do, you do find that maybe you have more energy or more stamina, more endurance. And also the back hurting, that's where your, your ab goals come in, right? Like if your core mm. is strong, it will protect your back for the longevity of like your life. Not completely. Not everyone is going to have a strong core. Not everyone is going to have right. a pain-free back, but how can we mitigate some of those things and move forward in our bodies now? Yeah. No, but I like the concreteness yeah. of your goals. Yeah. That's not just like my goal is to wake up this morning. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like just that's been a thing for me. It's like, okay, my goals are not weight loss. So what are my yeah, goals? You're just but floating in like, you're, you're just, just like floating, floating in the ether. It's just like, like, I just like working out. Like, I, but I mean, for me, I think my goals are to just not deteriorate. <laughs> um, yeah. And by saying, <laughs> no, I get what you're saying because I think like with goals, it's usually like, okay, how you were saying, like, I'm going to work up to like 50 squats, but it's always tied with aesthetics. And so I love that, right. like, you're offering this alternative. Like, no, you can actually still do these things for endurance and for strength. And it right. has nothing to do with like toning, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, toning the bane of my yeah. existence. Um, yeah. Toning is the uh, the traditional bar teacher's favorite word, but like my least favorite. When people say toning, like what does that even mean? Toning? Let me tell you why I hate toning. Okay. <laughs> toning is not only like coded for shrinking, right? in many circles, but it's also coded for gender, in my opinion, because we never say to dudes, gym bros are not like looking for tone. They're looking for bulk. They're looking to build muscle. And that's what, yeah, they're looking to shred. <laughs> and and then, being stereotypical, but it's true. Yeah, we I'm are. Sorry. We're talking about gym bros. So gym there, bros, there's yes, like okay. a whole sphere of those people. But when we're talking about toning, we're often aiming that at female bodied and women people like we're aiming that at women like toning because toning takes out the bulk because women right. shouldn't get bulky women should get toned they should be long and lean those are the words that we use to describe fit air quotes fit women and the words that we describe fit men with are like shredded bulky strong blah 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 taking up more space and we're just constantly shrinking women. Right. The tone is to shrink, to be felt, like all those things. And I, that's why I really hate that because it also like puts that gender spin on the already like crappy diet culture spin. Mm. 
I love this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So bar, because you mentioned svelte Mm. and you mentioned um, long and lean. So I've taken some bar classes and that was a turnoff for me where the, and this was before, like, I don't know, five years ago. I loved the workouts, but I hated the dialogue around it. So you focus on bar and hit. I'm curious, like how, how do you approach those two things? Cause hit is the same thing in my mind. It's like burning, burn, <laughs> eat, like, yeah, not eat it, but like work it off. How do you take those, which can be like triggering and make them like healthy for people? I know we're, you know, just getting to know each other on here, but I'm definitely a clown. So (laughs) that helps to like be able to loosen people up and allow people to laugh at themselves because sometimes we're just moving and bar, especially it's so stoic and, and always feels a little bit stuffy to me. I've taught bar classes in very different spaces. And there have been classes where you could hear a pin drop besides me teaching the class And that's so uncomfortable to me. Yeah. And then there's been other classes where people are like screaming and falling out. And that's what I love. I'm like, I want you to be like yelling at me. I want you to be engaging with me. I want this class to be like really open. And so as far as my classes go, yeah, long and lean are not the uh, terms I use. I do use anatomy terms when we're working out. So I do like, hey, go over it. We're going to work arms this is what part of your arm you should be working. Sometimes I'll throw in like, this is your bicep. This is your tricep. It doesn't have to get super technical. We don't have to be like the, this bone is connected to the, this bone, but just so people know. So I'm giving knowledge without using terms that like really harken back to like dieting and shrinking and all of that. And then again, it's just about the fun. Like I can correct someone's posture without telling them that they need to be like long and lean without telling them, like standing this way is going to make them look slimmer and appear longer. Like that's useless. Just roll your shoulders down your back and lift your chest and breathe. Like Mm. there's other ways to cue those things. And I think a lot of mainstream fitness gets so caught up in the diet culture terms because they sell. Yeah. (sighs) Wait, you said you're you're teaching in SoCal? No, she's in Philly. <laughs> oh, okay. I saw your bio Philly, but I don't know why I heard SoCal somewhere. I mean, I can go to California. <laughs> I'm from California. Should, okay. Oh, okay. So that's where I heard it. Yeah, I was born and raised in LA, but I came okay, to Philly when I was 21. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hmm, I'm going to take a right. test. Yes. One thing that I really missed during the pandemic is having restaurant quality meals, just like eating out and having the best food. And I always wonder how do my favorite restaurants constantly make such delicious food? And the short answer is they have access to the right kitchen tools. And with Maiden's professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anybody, including me and you, is capable of making restaurant quality food at home. So just a couple of things that make Maiden stand out. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. And I love that their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. They have 40,000 five-star reviews and their products are used from some of the world's best chefs at Michelin star restaurants around the globe. 
If you want to check out Maiden right now, they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order with the promo code FOODHEAVEN. This is the best discount they have available anywhere online for Maiden products. So all you do is go to Maiden, M-A-D-E-I-N, cookware.com slash FOODHEAVEN and use the promo code FOODHEAVEN for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash FOODHEAVEN. Use promo code FOODHEAVEN. Now let's get into the episode. Okay, so with HIT... Ugh. Yes. Hit is very intimidating. <laughs> can you talk about it? Because even me, and I don't know, I just feel like hit can be a lot. And it's like very, can be injury inducing. Mm-hmm. So how do you make it safer? Yeah. Less so intense. I have, I currently have a membership and hit and bar are both classes on there. But I really try to like emphasize on the descriptions of these types of classes. Like these are the types of moves you can expect. This class is still for all levels because everyone is welcome to join. You just might not look like what I'm modeling for you. So a jumping jack can be turned into a step out. A jumping jack can be turned into something like a firework where you like explosive and both feet come off the floor. It could be turned into like a half jumping jack where one leg lifts off the floor and the other leg is stabilizing you. So I think for me, it's really the levels that I encourage within each class that make them more accessible because I teach all levels and I demo all levels. So I'm not just like, oh yeah, you people who can't do a jumping jack, like good luck, find something to do. Um, (laughs) I'm like, no, here's an alternative. Here's an alternative. Here's an alternative. And I try to give at least three for every single move, which... Um, would probably be more complicated if I didn't speak so quickly. But <laughs> I'm I'm able to boom, 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 like here's what you can do. And also my classes give back because they give their own variations and they give their own modifications. And I'm looking and I'm like, what is she doing? But then for the next round, I'm like, okay, so-and-so did this. This is a great modification. Maybe you want to take that. So I think constantly learning and rolling with it I look at the chat. Someone's like, oh yeah, I like I rolled my ankle two weeks ago. Okay, please don't jump. Here's the non-jumping alternative because HIT is about high intensity and high intensity is, again, very subjective person to person, what high intensity is. I just ran downstairs and back upstairs to get stuff for this interview. And I was like, Whew, that was high intensity for me for a second, you mm-hmm. know? You can work out every single day and carrying your groceries for some reason makes you start sweating. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because modifications are usually looked down upon, especially in like group fitness classes. It's like I've I always modify, but I always feel like I'm getting side eyed by like the instructor as like the lazy person because they're like, girl, you're forever modifying. But I feel like they're just like a lot of these movements are just not safe. And it's also like they push you to the point where like you should feel like you're about to die and I'm just like I don't want to feel that way like I just it makes no sense to me they're like go harder go harder and I'm like literally about to pass out I'm like I don't get it this is not fun right that takes all the fun out of it personally like I've been in classes where I'm a student in the class and I modify because I know how to modify for my own body because I've been working with it and working on it and I look around and I just feel really frustrated because I see people that I know would benefit from another variation of that move. And they're not taking it either because they don't know what to do, or they are so self-conscious about feeling like 
they are taking like the easy way out, especially if you're in a bigger body. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you show up to any boutique fitness classes, Mm -hmm. everybody's in a matching set. Everybody's got their hair this way and that way. And, you know, you show up in the clothes that you have that may not be a matching set. They may be piecemeal together. If you're in a bigger body already, you're drawing more attention to yourself showing up to a class or you feel like you are because you feel like that class, it's coded Mm -hmm. not for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to do all that you can to not stick out any more than you already feel like you are. And for those reasons, then you may end up injuring yourself and not returning to that class. And that's just taking like the entire cycle just starts all over again. Yeah. 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 I think that especially for people who like want to start with being more active, like that is especially a turnoff. It's like you just don't feel comfortable. You don't feel welcome in a lot of these classes. And like even thinking about the online space, like there's just so much messaging around the workouts that we should be doing. And it's and they're usually like diety too. like, oh, you know, in terms of like focusing on goals. It's not about strength at all. It's all about aesthetics, especially on like Instagram and stuff. And for people who they want to be more active, they want to move their body a little bit more. I know that it can be such a a challenge to figure out like, okay, so what the hell should I be doing? Because, you know, there's a lot of these like fitness challenges online. They're all like aesthetics driven or most of them. It's always a challenge. It's always always a challenge. (laughs) It's like, here's the seven day challenge. Here's the three day challenge. Here's the third. And I'm just like, (laughs) here's a new year's challenge. Yeah. You know what? Don't don't be dogging me though. If you see me with a challenge later on. Okay. Cause now I'm talking about it. I'm going to be like, "Uh oh, listen, I'd probably join in. But I'm just saying like for people who want to determine like, okay, I'm not active. How do I figure out what I should be doing? That's not influenced by like all the aesthetic stuff where like, I feel like I'm actually enjoying this workout, but like I've, I haven't really done much working out. So how do I kind of navigate that? Yeah. I think that it's super important for people who are just getting started to number one, be open-minded, which I know is really hard, but like take classes that you may not normally take, get into it with like a friend, invite a friend, invite, especially even online, you could just share, you know, like be like, Hey, can you come to this class with me? Really like try to build in that variety because I did not know I was going to like bar. And I definitely didn't think I was ever going to teach bar, but I took the class and I was like, wow, this feels great in my body, regardless of the messaging around it. I like it. And so I wouldn't have been able to determine that if I hadn't taken it. I've taken so many Zumba classes. I'm really bad at dancing. Um, <laughs> I'm especially bad at dancing in a group setting, apparently. But it's, you know, you could still try, you can try these classes. So I think that, again, you mentioned that the threshold for showing up is like the hardest part for a lot of people. And really saying, like, does this sound interesting to me? And it could be your gateway workout. It could be yoga. A lot of people are intimidated by yoga. I don't teach yoga, but I teach a stretch class on my membership because Mm -hmm. I call it stretch because yoga is intimidating for so many people. It feels like there's a way. And if you're doing it wrong, you shouldn't be there. So a stretch class is a little bit of a lower threshold of entry. So I really think that, you know, finding a buddy dropping into maybe like a pop-up class that you see, something that you're not committing to for the long haul. You're not starting with a 45-day challenge. Start with something that you can drop into one time and be like, I'd go back or 
you know, wasn't for me. And then go on from there. And sometimes it's really, really, really trial and error. And sometimes you take a bar class with one teacher and it doesn't hit. And then you take a bar teacher with, or a bar class with another teacher and you're like, that's my teacher. So November is almost here. And you know what that means. It is National Diabetes Month. And in addition to being registered dietitians, Wendy and myself are also certified diabetes care and education specialists. So we're very passionate about helping people manage their diabetes. And because of this, we want to talk to you about a probiotic that can help potentially with your type 2 diabetes. So pendulum glucose control is the first and only medical probiotic that's designed to manage A1C and blood glucose levels through the health of your microbiome. And you may be wondering, what does your microbiome, aka your gut, have to do with diabetes? Well, new research suggests that type 2 diabetes may be linked to an imbalance in the gut microbiome. And actually what they're finding is over time, people with type 2 diabetes have lost beneficial bacterial strains that help to digest dietary fiber and produce butyrate, which is a key molecule needed for balancing insulin and glucose levels. Pendulum's team of scientists, doctors, and innovators isolated the unique strains of the beneficial gut bacteria that help people with type 2 diabetes manage their blood glucose levels. So if you are interested in taking control of your blood glucose levels today, try Pendulum Glucose Control for 90 days. And if you're not satisfied with your levels, you'll get your money back. So it's completely risk-free. Visit PendulumLife.com to find out more and use the promo code FOODHEAVEN for 20% off your first bottle of membership. That's P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M life, L-I-F-E dot com promo code food heaven. Now let's get to it. One question I always think about with fitness is intensity. And I'm curious your thoughts on that because I feel like there's different school schools of thought where like somebody, let's say, who's like moderately active, not just starting. What level of intensity is appropriate her workout? Do you do like 80%? Because online and on just all the fitness community, it's like push, push, I push myself. And I don't know that that's really for me. So, and that to me, that's like hundred percent and then you're out. So what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a great question because I don't even think of it that way anymore because oh. of the way that I engage with movement. I'm a big walker. That's where I find all my cats <laughs> um, <laughs> on my walks. <laughs> so, you know, something like walking is never really framed as intense and it's never really framed as something that's like a workout even, which is a whole other conversation, but I enjoy it and it's something that's sustainable. And I think when it comes to intensity, you have to measure that against sustainability. Am I going a hundred percent? 110% in this workout. And then I can't work out for the next 10 days because I gave literally everything. I felt like crap. It took me four days to recover. It took me another two days to schedule. And now I'm back, you know, 10 days later for another workout. That's not sustainable if you're really trying to build this into something that is a practice in your life. And I think that when we talk about intensity, like if you wake up and you're a person who has periods and you have cramps, like intensity is going to feel a little bit different that day. And what you desire is going to feel a little bit different that day. So I really think it's about connecting with your intentions for the workout rather than the intensity of the workout mm -hmm. um, and going into it with like, you know, 
yes, I'm going to modify this. Yes, I'm here for the community. I'm here to move my body. I'm here to roll around on the floor for a little while. I'm here to put my phone down. I'm here to do things for myself. It doesn't matter if it looks like what an infomercial says this class is supposed to look like. Yeah, no, that's helpful. Because I think about HIT and also BAR. And I'm just thinking when I did take bar and um, I tried to modify because I was like, my neck is hurting from this. And the teacher had the nerve to come and tell me to push myself to keep doing the thing that was hurting. So I was like, I mean, of course I was like, you're crazy. No, but I could see how someone could also be like, oh, well, maybe I'm not really challenging myself enough. And maybe I should be doing it at the quote intensity of everybody else. But what you're saying is just listen to what feels good in that moment, modify if you have to, don't feel like it's not something you could then turn around and do all over again that same day. Is like, how did, like, is there, yeah, does that I, make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think that the number one thing to think about when you're looking at your own intensity levels is like, it's good to look back and it's good to look forward. What, what would I like to be able to do in this class? Maybe if it's bar, you're like, I would like to be able to hold and go through this whole series without taking a single break, which <laughs> let me know when it happens. Good luck. Um, <laughs> but like, you can also look back and say, when I started this class, I could barely lift my heels off of the floor because I just didn't have the muscle control or it didn't feel good in my body. And now look, I can lift my heels for this many counts. And then I take a little break. And I think that people get so caught up in, again, group fitness does not mean we have to be like, we're not a dance troupe. Like this does not have to be coordinated. We can all do our own thing and our own intensity. And when you're looking forward, yeah, again, what kind of endurance am I looking to get out of this? Am I looking to take these hit classes because it helps me with endurance on my hikes in the, on the weekend? Like, Am I looking to take this hit class because I want to run a marathon? And so it's a cross training for that. Some people are like, I'm just taking this hit class because it's good and the endorphins are great. Yeah. And endorphins can be unlocked at different levels for different people. So mm -hmm. I cannot tell you when that happens for you. Like the runner's high definitely never felt that while running, but have felt that while in hit class or have felt that while in bar class. So again, intensity and the style of class and how you're feeling in your body is going to change day to day. And I think it's really about looking into like, do I want to be able to walk out of this class or is someone going to have to drag me? <laughs> right. <laughs> I think with like all of the body talk stuff that we're doing, it can be really hard for a lot of people, especially people who, are, who live in larger bodies to love. I think love is a stretch, but I would say even just like respect and come to peace with their bodies exactly as they are, especially as it relates to like being in the fitness world and like engaging in fitness and kind of like the relationship that people develop to fitness independent of like all of these like body goals, which can be really hard. So I'm just wondering, like, how's that conversation come up with clients that you've worked with where they're like, hey, I'm like really struggling with this. And what kind of advice do you have for people who are like really trying to get out of that mindset? But it almost seems like a default because of all of the messaging that we're surrounded by. Yeah, I think that number one, I would like to also acknowledge that I am also that client. You know, I am also that person. I still get in my feelings about that kind of stuff because I don't look like someone who is traditionally a bar teacher or traditionally a personal trainer. And that can be a lot and intense to 
deal with and hold space for my own self because I'm still getting those messages Mm -hmm. and I'm still like in that world. Um, But I think that the number one thing is, again, thinking about how I feel in my body and, and why I'm choosing to engage in movement. And there have been times where I think about why I'm choosing to engage in movement and it's really not coming from the place of like love or respect or even neutrality. It's coming from a place of maybe I'm pursuing this for other people's reasons on my body. And that's something that you need to reflect on. And it, maybe you do still do it. Maybe you do, but maybe you change your mind and you're like, okay, I do need to give myself a break. I do need to give myself space. And as far as holding space for clients and for members, I think creating a container that acknowledges that that stuff is like shitty Mm -hmm. and it happens is really important because I don't want to give anyone the impression that they're going to, they're going to start taking bar class. They're going to follow an anti-diet hashtag and they're going to heal because that's not how that works. But I do want to allow for space where all feelings are welcome and, you know, you can turn your camera off when you're in my class. You don't have to show up, show up. You can just show up however you are. And yeah, I think that it's definitely about really holding that space and asking people their intentions, asking people how that feels in their body when they're feeling those feelings a little bit. Like, you know, why? Let's dig a little bit. Let's do the three-year-old thing where we keep asking why over and over and over until we get to what it is. Um, Usually it's a special event coming up. Usually it's some other stressor that's causing this to be a really big focus right now because it definitely comes in waves. I just try to hold space and keep that line of communication open. I don't really think I can rationalize other people's feelings for them, but I want to be able to be a space where they're allowed to feel like crap and still come roll around on the floor and take a hit class or take five minutes of a hit class and be like, I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> totally allowed. Like, that's fine. If you want to come to class and just be like, wow, um, we made it through the warm up and I just really don't feel like being here. Right. You're not going to get judged for that. And with my personal training clients, it's the same thing. We made it through a warm up and I decided that I want to do today's workout entirely in a chair. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Or like listening to music or something on your headphones. Oh yeah, we're always listening to music. Oh, nice. Okay, that's my thing. Well, many people think. <laughs> so <laughs> one kind of like last question I have is if people can't work with you, which the next question is like for you to plug all of your things because it sounds amazing. <laughs> but if people, let's say they want to work with someone locally in person and you know, they don't have the luxury of a haze informed trainer or a haze informed fitness class. How do they navigate that? Like, do you have any language or like boundaries people can set? Or because many times the trainers haven't even heard about these concepts and they can say stuff that's triggering and not even realize it, you know? So what do you suggest? Yeah, I I definitely agree that um, traditional gym settings and trainer settings can be very triggering for folks. So number one, I suggest is like really, again, looking inward and and thinking about your healing process and checking in with yourself and making sure you're in the position physically, mentally, emotionally to advocate for yourself because you probably will have to. Are you in the position? Do you have the, do you have the support in place that if 
a trainer or a teacher says something triggering, you know how you can handle it, which could either be like, peace out, I'm done with this class, which is really empowering. And like, people feel like they can't leave. Like they feel like they are stuck. You're not, you can leave. So being able to be like, yeah, no, I'm going to leave. I don't want to take this class anymore. Or if you are working one-on-one with a trainer and you're starting out, they're obviously for most gyms supposed to take those metrics, supposed to weigh you and take measurements and do all of that. And as we talked about earlier, you can come with different goals and you can really kind of like lay out your goals for them and be like, look, this is my goal. I can't do a single squat without my knee doing this thing. My goal for the next six weeks is to get a squat with like perfect for me form or coming with those goals and coming with those alternative goals for you to really have the language to communicate like, yeah, I do want to work out for this reason. Please like leave the rest of that out. But it really comes down to the person's readiness to advocate for themselves and If that's not possible in person necessarily, I do suggest going to an online class or two to really build up a little confidence, to build up a little library of like things that those teachers are communicating to you. So you know how to take that into your next class and those variations and modifications those teachers are giving you. So you know how to take that into your next class. So you don't feel like you have to ask the teacher like, hey, how do I modify this? And they're like, oh, sorry, your neck's just going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are so good. Girl, I need to sign up for your class, which leads me to my next point. Where, <laughs> like, if people want to work with you, you're in Philly, but you said you have some online stuff going on. So can you tell us all the plugs? Like, what do you have going on? How can people find you? Yes. Everything? Let me tell you what's going okay. on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually entirely online right now. Um, since the pandemic began, I just went entirely online. And the community that has surrounded me during that time is so wonderful and hilarious. And they carry me truly every day. They really are always coming up with something wild. So I do have a membership. That is where my classes are. So those are those group fitness classes, bar, hit. I teach like a boot camp style, which is more of a strength training. And then again, you know, other versions of stretch. We have guest teachers come on. That is a membership that you can find on my website, which is my name, Lauren Lavelle, and then fitness.com. So you can find more information about that. Also, on my Instagram, which is Lauren Lavelle Fitness. And then personal training, I'm not currently accepting anyone, but I definitely have people that I refer out to and there are safer spaces. So if folks wanted to email me about that, they could get more information on those safer spaces. And my email is just, again, Lauren Lavelle Fitness at Gmail. So that's where they can find me and ask about those spaces. But membership, monthly, no commitment. You can try it for one month and be like, it's not for me. I also have a monthly pop-up. Mm. So every month I have one of my classes open for folks to try it uh, this this month while we're recording is bar. And then, you know, who knows? November, we might have a few more classes coming up. Oh my God, that's so cool. I'm on your website. I love it. And also I'm seeing the bar class. And I'm wondering for people who don't have a bar studio, 
obviously you can make it work, right? Like, do you just, is oh my it like gosh, a yes. or a chair? Like you're leaning I against? use a chair. I use a okay. chair that I got I for that. free. Number one, let's talk about my free <laughs> chair that has been a bar for almost two years. The MVP of my membership is this free chair. Um, but yeah, chair counter desk. Okay. Really in bar, we say that the bar is supposed to be your partner, not like your entire balance. So we're really just having that there. A lot of it is a mental game. Like, can I find my balance? Some days it's not. Some days it's like, I have no balance today. I definitely need this chair. But I highly, yeah, highly recommend a chair. Sometimes I put some weights on mine just for some extra confidence that I'm not going to flip it over. That's because I'm the teacher and I'm running around. But yeah, chair, a yoga mat. If you don't have a yoga mat, a soft spot on the floor. It doesn't have to be a yoga mat. It can be a towel. (laughs) It can be anything soft on the floor. You can bring extra pillows. You can bring a blanket, like extra padding for your body, just depending on how you feel in floor work. And yeah, there's lots of variations. Do you need weights? No, you can use cans if you want to use cans. You can use nothing. I have people use soups for a very long time at the very beginning of of this virtual workout they were using cans of soups and people would be like posting like I ate my weight so I don't know what I'm gonna take to next class Um, yeah really really low bar low bar of entry here as far as what you have like what you have to bring you don't need a lot of space you really only need the space of a little more than a yoga mat you you're not going to be doing a ton of running around. So you don't need a whole studio for that. I love it. And I see the chair on your Instagram. <laughs> Super cute. <laughs> my, my trusty chair. Like, <laughs> no, that chair has really carried us for real. I think yeah, I in every it. class. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, this was this an was amazing great. conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be part of your community and to like spread a little love to the bar community and people who have had maybe similar experiences as you who uh, are looking for something different. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Food Heaven podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to connect with us online. We're most active on the gram at Food Heaven, but we're also on Facebook and Twitter at Food Heaven Show. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Yep, our podcast is released every Wednesday and each week we take a deep dive into topics like health at every size, food and culture, intuitive eating, mental health, and body acceptance. If you're looking for a sustainable and inclusive path to wellness, come hang out with us to learn how to take care of yourself from the inside out. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.